hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, bring you two blokes talking tech each and every week here on uh, iTunes or wherever it is you're listening, uh, twoblokestalkingtech.com. We'll get you to our Facebook page. You can like us there. You'll get the, get the episode every week. This is episode 109. My name's Trevor Long uh, from yourtechlife.com. And joining me each and every week, the other bloke talking tech, the only other bloke you should be bothering to listen to in tech other than me, of course, is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Great to be here. Very special show tonight, oh, I think. Yeah. I actually thought... Who's going to like this one? Sh- should we even have this show? Because there's not no news around, is there? There's just nothing well, doing. There's a little bit. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things. So, look, we'll, we'll try and find something to talk about tonight. Uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. But what Stephen's alluding to is the uh, is the big news. I mean, this is huge news, really, because it's a great national debate. And... Um, it's, it's really taken a huge flip-flop turn this week, and we're talking about the National Broadband Network. Now, real quick and simple, before we actually talk about the policies and the differences and, and where we stand on it, um, the, the NBN is a National Broadband Network. The Labor Party has been for you know five years now uh, planning and rolling this thing out. It's, it's being delivered in some towns around Australia. A couple of hundred thousand homes have been passed. Not a whole stack of people have actually taken it up, but you know it's a forty-two billion dollar investment by the government. Uh, it completely and utterly replaces the uh, the communications network around the country, and the coalition and uh, and a lot of people have been bagging it for a long time, mainly because of the cost. And what's really interesting this week is Malcolm Turnbull and Tony Abbott have come out and announced their NBN policy, which is a twenty-nine billion dollar national broadband network which delivers fiber these uh, optical fiber cables uh, not to the home as the labor party planned but to the node which are those little kind of green round boxes you might see in your street sticking up out of the ground Um, uh, you know one in every suburb kind of thing in every few block of streets not the exchange it's a little bit further than that and they're talking about speeds of a minimum of 25 meg download by 2016 by the end of their first term in government very lofty ambitions and uh one would say well-received, but I would say really badly received by Malcolm Turnbull supporters because this man knows technology, this man knows infrastructure, and I would argue, Stephen, he knows that he's actually just developed a really dud plan. Well, uh, I think, Trevor, that they had to – well, first of all, the the coalition had to – uh, present their alternative plan for the NBM. People have been wondering what they've been doing. I think they've alluded to the fact that mm-hmm. they're not going to go all the way to the home. They're going to go to the node. But I think that the main the main goal for the coalition was to cut the cost to yep. save money. Yep. Um, and speed was probably their second consideration. Now, uh, Malcolm Turnbull has defended the, the coalition plan pretty vigorously the last few days. Uh, and he's pointed out a few things that maybe a lot of people may not realise is the fact that two-thirds of the cost of the NBN is labour. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't mean the Labor Party. I mean the Labor of actually installing this thing, getting the You've got to dig the trenches. You've got to put it in the ground, yeah. 93% of Australian homes, businesses and schools uh, is Labor's plan to have fibre delivered to the front door, whether they want it or not. Yep. Uh, and the coalition saw that to the getting fibre to the node and in most cases letting the existing copper go the rest of the way is the go. And that, that's where the speed issue then comes into it where you, you, you've already mentioned they're promising 25 uh, meg by the end of their first term, 2016. And if they should get a second term, we'll be at 50 megabits per second by 2019. Um, so... The two things, as you said, are the big the big bugbears for her, the, the big talking points, the cost and the speed. Hmm. Now, the cost in from – this is quoting Malcolm Turnbull again. He said, if money was no object, of course we'd want to have fibre to the home. Hmm. And he, he alluded to the fact that the, the cost of the labour plan, uh, it was upwards – there's a potential blowout of no, up to $90 billion this whole project will cost by the time it's finished. And mm. we're talking 2021, and that was another thing in the coalition's uh, side, that they were going to get it done sooner because mm. they're doing obviously less labour work, just, less getting it to the to, to your home. Just so. let's talk about that quickly, though. Um, I, I, I kind of refuse to ever use that $90 billion number because it's basically a load of crap. It's the coalition saying, we think the Labor Party policy, we think their rollout will balloon to this amount. But frankly, I think it could be argued just the same that the $29 billion from the coalition could well blow out to $60 billion. There's exactly. just absolutely exactly. no way. I think the money side of thing, here's, here's the big thing I think is when if, if I was to predict uh, a year ago, a year ago, full year ago, what the coalition would do, I would say they were going to say no NBN um, except to you know greenfield sites perhaps, and they'll they'll support a wireless thing and come out with some like one or two billion dollar plan. But to come out with a thirty billion dollar plan, which is eighty percent the price of the labour plan, delivering twenty five percent the speed potential and zero percent of the upscale after that. You know, because once you've got fibre yeah. to the home, you've got a long term fifty year plus network. As soon as you say that you're going to rely on the copper network at all, you're admitting that at some point in time that part needs to be replaced. Tony Abbott actually said at the announcement, he said all infrastructure at some point in time needs to be replaced. So he's admitting, and they've said it today, yeah, but, that it, uh, that will uh, need just, to be upgraded. Just on that, though, like that, that's a fair point. And um, that even fibre in 50 years will probably need to be replaced in 100 years. Like the copper network, uh, according to – I wrote a little analysis story on Tech Guide and did a bit of research before I put it together. Like everyone just – got their stories out as quickly as they could. I really sort of thought about it, had a little bit of research on it too. And the copper network, uh, depends on who you speak to, uh, you get a different opinion on actually the state of the copper network. Now, you've got to remember, Telstra sold the copper network to the government for $11 billion. Yeah. So the copper network is now the government's property. Yeah. Okay. Now, the main attraction for that is the, the apart from the copper itself, that Labor want to trash completely – is the, the trenches and existing tunnels it's, it's where the, the tunnels. copper line is running. It's, it's the trenches. They're going to replace yep. it with fibre. Yep. So there are parts, most of the network is still usable. And, 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 and according to Telstra, they, the, the copper network is still pretty robust because they report less than 1% faults on the lines. Hmm. When, so when you speak the to copper average network, people. I think there was a quote of Tony Abbott. He said, Labor's plan is to junk perfectly good infrastructure. Yeah. And uh, they wanted to keep that, to keep the cost down, 
it's going to be obviously a little bit slower, but um, th- that that that's their decision now. Mm. Do you, and you mentioned before about look, you know, the, the ninety billion dollar estimate is uh, you think's a load of crap. Let's look at Labor's record though on this. Let's look at their record with their building the education revolution. You know, mate, you look at every government record, every government infrastructure well, project but, but, runs but, over but time and over budget. Record, though, they haven't got the best record of in keeping control of their costs. The pink bat scheme spiraled out of control. And the building the education revolution cost way more money than, than many people thought it was worth. Here's now, the funniest when part. When you're talking about a, 90, a $47 billion project, I, I think there's a lot of people, and with good reason, that are worried that it's going to blow out to the, the sort of cost that our great-grandchildren are going to be paying off down the track. But infrastructure is the kind of cost that great-grandchildren have to pay off. But what's really interesting to me is that we're, we're admitting that at some point in the future we're going to have to spend another $30 billion or something on doing that last mile. And, you know, the, all, my thing here is, right, I actually, and I've said this a million times, if I had my way... I wouldn't do the NBN. I would. I'd be putting this fifty billion or whatever into highways, motorways, trains, whatever. Absolutely. Okay, well, but but we, we're past the, the that Libs now. The wanted businesses to do this, but we're if, past if the that Libs now. The were into power in two thousand and seven. This would have been a the, the businesses would have pitched for this. It would have been done, not a government project, would have been a business decision. But it wouldn't have been done in the areas that, that businesses won't serve. So so what's interesting here is once you make the decision to, to put infrastructure in, so we, we, we all agree now, right? Everyone agrees there has to be an NBN. But what we've got, in my opinion, is, is, is one party saying we're going to build a four-lane motorway from here to there, and the other party saying we're going to build a two-lane because that's all the traffic we've got. But in 10 years, mate, we're going to have to shut the motorway down and add lanes and, and it's going to be an extra additional cost, which is exponentially higher. And that's what just bugs me is we're going to spend all this money in 10 or 20 years to make it better. Because here's the thing. Let's talk about speed now, right? Yep. I, I think 25 meg is a fantastic minimum speed. I've got no problems with that. And you and I had this conversation off the air. We've both got cable. We've both got 100 I've meg already. I've already got 100 megabits per second. Thanks exactly. But, you know, I'm paying, so you. Yeah. I'm paying 100 bucks for that. I'm not paying 50. So, you know, you pay for the privilege if you've got cable in your area. And regionally, they don't have that. So... But yeah. what what can you do with 25 meg? The problem is they're only talking about the incoming number, the download number, right? Mm-hmm. Now, with fiber to the home, you're going to get 25 meg down, 4 meg up. You're going to get 100 meg down, 40 meg up. With yeah. fiber to the node, you're going to get 25 down, 1, maybe 2 up. And when you get to 50, you might get two, maybe four or five up. Mm. And why does the upload speed matter? Not because people are sharing videos and files. Yes, because some people do design and want to share big files, but because we need to think about the future. What is the future of of home internet connections? It's not about computers and, and YouTube. It's about health and education. For me to be able to sit in my lounge room and have a conversation with my doctor, you know, with a piece of equipment attached to me because I've got a heart problem, and that piece of equipment is sending data back in real time. Trev, does that need the, uh, a fiber NBN? We can do that today. But, well, I can talk to my doctor on, on Skype today if I wanted to. Yeah, but, but mate, there's, there's programs seriously, like that today. Seriously, Skype is, is not the best. Like, if we, we've got audio well, going now on Skype, Skype, right? I mean, the connection can get you there, the connection can do it. But like when. Malcolm Turnbull mentioned too during, the, during his presentation that to stream a, H, a high definition movie. You need six megabits per second. Correct. To bring it down, the download speed. But when you start talking about the interactive 
interactive content, the different things like health and education that an NBN can enable, right? You start using the, the network in your home for more than just downloading movies. Yep, your kids can watch a movie, another one can do a file, one other one can do But what if your grandma's sitting there trying to have a conversation with a doctor or having on some sort of equipment hooked up that needs a, you know, four or five meg constant upload speed? We don't know what it's going to be doing in 10 years. I understand, years. but I'll ask you this question. Like we're talking, oh, we, everyone's, everyone's all panicking that we're not going to get 100 megabits per second. You know, if the libs get elected in September, now I use this analogy on the radio on two GB the other day. I said the speedo on my car goes up to two hundred and eighty kilometers an hour. How often am I going to drive two hundred and eighty kilometers now? Do you think on the oh, road? Mate, I agree wholeheartedly. So, like, if you're going to get hundred megabits per second, terrific. How often are you going to need 100 megabits per second? No, I, I, mate, you and I agree on 90% of this, right? But my simple disagreement with this is you're spending 80% of the cost. You're spending $30 billion to come so Let's, so let's address that. Close. Okay? I understand where you're going with this. And, and let me this is, what, this is my understanding is that Labor's plan to go right to your front door is going to be painful to begin with. But down the track, less maintenance. Yep. Would you agree with that? 100%. The other side of it, so the coalition plan is going to bring fiber to the node, join the older technology to your front door. And the, what, what the experts are saying is that that setup is going to lead to higher maintenance costs. So it's going to cost lo- a, a bit more to maintain, mm-hmm. let alone f- b- replace it with fiber later. Mm. But there is the option, though, where businesses can step in. If, if, you've, if the government's brought fibre to the node, to your suburb, then shouldn't there be a way for businesses, say your Telstra's Optus, whoever's running the internet in a few years' time, shouldn't there be an option then to offer customers, right, if you want fibre to go from the rest of the way to your house, you pay for it yeah. if you want it. Like my parents are, are over there in Maroubra, and my dad says, I'd never need... Uh, the NBN. Oh, I've got – the internet I'm using now is fine. And there'd be a lot of people in the same boat to thinking, well, what am I going to do with that? It's like mm. having a Ferrari that you're not, you're, and not having your license to drive it. I think down the track, people should be able to choose if they want to go the rest of the way. Labor are going to give you fibre whether you want it or not. And not everyone's going to want it. They're going to get it anyway. We're going to pay for it anyway. I think if, that this is what I'd do. If I was prime minister, I'd say, right, we get it to the node – Open it up to private enterprise and to bring it the rest of the way. You want fibre, you pay for it. Mm. The, that rest, that last hundred metres. I think in the metro areas, we could probably leave it to to the companies and, and hope that pressure came on. But in, in regional areas where they're most underserved, one hundred percent agree. They, they 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 frankly should get the full package. You know but that leads me leads me to my next the next little part of this debate. They've ignored wireless. Not wireless entirely, not is, entirely. I think, the future of, of our connectivity. I We're disagree. a mobile society, phones, tablets. There's nowhere to plug a cable into those devices. I know at home you get your Wi-Fi from the NBN, but we're out and about. You know, we're talking 4G today. That I've, I've, on my 4G Telstra connection uh, here, in, I live in Pagewood, so I have a really good connection here. I got 53 megabits per second down on my mobile phone. Yeah. And we're all squabbling over copper delivering 25 megabits per second 
the, to our houses. The problem is, mate, if, if 2,000 people around you all started watching the same piece of content on their 4G phone at the same time, you wouldn't be getting 50 meg. You'd be getting true, a lot less. True, But I'll put this to you as well then, Trev. Telstra received $11 billion to sell off their copper network. Have a guess what they're using that $11 billion for now. <laughs> Build Developing a 4G network. 4G, 5G, 6G to compete against the NBN anyway. So that, that's that's developing in the background. There are countries around the world that have got WiMAX. Have you heard of WiMAX? Which yeah, are yeah, yeah. Sort of like sub-city-wide high-speed wireless. And they're in Korea and some parts of Europe and stuff like that where cities are served wirelessly. I think wireless has been underestimated here. And by the time the NBN's finished, say, say Labor win the election and decide to go full out 2021 or whatever it is, the last home is connected to fiber if they're on schedule. Hmm. Can you imagine what wireless is going to be doing by then? That, that's another, how many, that's eight years away, what wireless can be doing connectivity-wise. You know, in, in a week where Holden laid off 400 people and engineering and manufacturing is clearly dying in this country, I think that the idea of providing an underlying support-level technology that is, frankly, future-proof. I mean, we're talking 80 yep. years' worth. Fibre is very, very future-proof. Um, it, it's, it's just a missed opportunity, only because we get back to the money. It's $30 billion at, at a minimum for one of the two plans. Seriously, the we're extra... In, we're in debt, like the, the debt now, we, we were in surplus when, when Labor took over. I don't want to get too political here, but that money's gone. We're, Mate, in, we're in, in debt now. This surplus he, they promised is not there. Here's not the hilarious be- thing. This is the funny- and, but, but hang on a minute. Yeah. There, there is a bit of smoke and mirrors though, that they're using on the books here because the NBN's an asset and it's, yeah, not, it's, on, capital. it's not a budget it's and capital. it's going to eventually pay itself off and the money's still got to come from somewhere, mate. Mate, it's capital. But, but here's the hilarious thing about this, right? Listening to this conversation, people are probably saying, you know, Labor versus Liberal, two blokes talking tech. You know, you and I share the same political views, right? Let's be very clear. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just sitting here going, um, I just can't believe the coalition decided to spend $30 billion because they would have been better off saying, we're not going to spend that money. We're going to save that money. We're going to bank that money and we'll, we'll give you an NBN when the country can afford it or something. But that would have looked stupid, mate. That but, would have looked prehistoric. It would be a horse and cart against a Ferrari. But they, the, they couldn't have done it. But they the, needed to do this. But the people who are talking NBN, here's, and here's the, the, the biggest and last point I'll make, right? The people who are talking NBN in the main are saying that the coalition policy is not the better one, right? So kind of kind of face-to-face, face value, not the better one. And I agree with that because of the amount of money involved, $42, $45 billion versus $30 billion. I'd cop the extra $10 yeah. billion and I'd take Seven, it to the, the liberal home. Plan, the coalition plan is $17 billion cheaper. Yeah, yeah, but it's still $30 billion. It's like 70% yeah, it's of the cost, It's a significant investment right? still. Yeah, you're right. But, but – so, so then the funniest part about this whole thing, and I said this on Twitter and copped a lot of uh, abuse, but a lot of support as well. <laughs> the very fact is, mate, this is not going to decide the election. I'm sorry, I don't want to break it to anyone, no, but it's not. No but this is not a deal breaker. This is this is six months out from the election. It'll be it'll be fodder in in a month or two. Yeah, People. Absolutely. The, the electorate has decided, right, the polls are very clear. Let's get super political here. The, the electorate has decided, according to the polls, the government's gone, right? The Liberals are in. This is the policy we're going to get. And it's not going to – the Liberals aren't going to get in because of this policy, but because they get in, they'll say they have a mandate for this policy. This is the whole political part of it. This, this policy does not cast a vote. This policy does not make someone make their mind up. Yeah, there's some nerds and geeks on Twitter that say yes. Some younger, some younger voters, mate, may, exactly. may be swayed. But it uh, ain't it ain't enough to win the election for the Labor Party. 
Oh, I agree with you. And, and and look look at like when when Kevin Rudd when he won won office in two thousand and seven, he really embraced the youth vote. I think he hit Twitter and sort of was on mm. Rove and sort of did the you know was on Nova all those sort yeah, of where yeah. youth listen and yep. where they participate. And he he got a lot of support. If Kevin O seven was doing it now, he'd be on two blokes talking tech. Let's not Absolutely, yeah. we we'd, we'd make it three blokes talking tech for him. Yep. Just 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 that one time. Just but for the record, I'll, we'd make we'll make it three blokes talking tech for Tony Abbott, and we'll make it three uh, two blokes and, a, and an, an amazing woman talking tech if we wanted to have Julie Gillard. I've got no drama. Absolutely, or even uh, Malcolm Turnbull, he's welcome if he wants to come yeah. on two blokes. No, we make I'm, it three blokes for him too. Leaders only. Steve Conroy, we've thrown it. We've thrown the invitation over to Mister Conroy and. Uh, wasn't taken up, so he might be listening to this. Uh, well, as he always does, of course, but oh, he may, may take up our offer. He's but, a busy uh, man. Rolling on green mate, pebble. I think, well, NBN, it's something we're going to be talking about for a long time to come, and it's uh, an issue that's not going to go away tomorrow. It's to, And it's had a really uh, – this week's had a, a huge spotlight put on it, um, and both sides have been sort of pretty pretty well uh, examined and – there, uh, there have been analysed costings, and I think we all know where each party stands. The best, the best, best tweet best of the week. I've just, it's just come up on my screen. Uh, Brian Carlton, who works at TUE Spoonie Man, uh, with the high-speed train will d- connect direct to my premises, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, from Brisbane to Sydney, that's, that's yeah, going to cost just 120 brilliant. billion. Yeah, another, yeah. another. Why don't they just run the fibre along the way while they're doing it? Exactly. You are listening to two blokes talking NBN. Uh, two blokes talking tech more uh, more officially, and uh, it's been a great chat about the NBN. A couple more things to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the very, very good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And if you're interested in Netgear, I've got to tell you, one of the cool things about their products is the Netgear Genie. Now, if you've got a Netgear router in your home, and this especially applies if you've got one now, you don't have to buy a new one, a lot of the existing routers, and you can find a list at Netgear, you support the Netgear Genie. And we've, sp- we've spoken about this plenty of times. On your computer, when you log into the router, it's a much more simplified interface now. Really simple click buttons. On your iPad, on your tablet, on your phone, you can control your network. You can uh, add devices. You can remove devices. You can see who's connected. You can share content. You can stream content. This is seriously one of the best things about Netgear that's just not known. And I love it. Uh, I use it on my network at home. Just frankly, to every now and then have a look at who's connected because there's lots of devices in our house, but also to check speed, check connectivity, and parental controls. Whole stack of great things available through the Netgear Genie. Have a look at the Netgear Genie at netgear.com.au. Follow the links, and you'll find all the information about the wonderful little Netgear Genie. Now, mate, uh, we were talking NBN, and, and you mentioned 4G from Telstra. Um, Vodafone this this week, uh, Bill Morrow, the uh, CEO, had a bit of a strategy day and was talking about where the where the company's going, all these different things. And one of the things they did finally announce was the date that they're going to publicly make their 4G network available, which they've been testing for a little while now, and it's going to be June. So in June, just a few months away, if you're a Vodafone customer, you'll be able to get access to the 4G network. And the, the 4G network for Vodafone is actually an interesting network because of the spectrum it uses. It's actually a slightly faster network and i would add based on my earlier point around the telstra network um it won't have as many people on it so it will be a little bit faster yep. too mate well if you're still a vodafone customer after all the dramas they've had it's good news that we are they are finally going to get 4g and Definitely. we should point out it's only going to be at first sydney perth melbourne brisbane adelaide so they're your capital cities yep. and also wollongong newcastle and the gold coast but what i uh, what impressed me too was the fact that they're they're also tricking up their 3g and 3g plus network mm-hmm. so if you don't have a 4g device your 3g 
network is going to improve anyway. And good to hear, though, that they're listening to the customers. They admit that they, they stuffed up a couple of years ago, lost a whole heap of customers, uh, but now they're hopefully trying to win them back and keep their existing uh, flock of customers uh, with their, their new 4G network. And, of course, they're offering their network guarantee. I'm sure you've seen that on all the Vodafone mm. ads now. Yep. They're pushing that pretty heavily. If you're not happy after the first 30 days, you can get out of your contract and only pay for the uh, data and calls that you've used. Yep. So uh, good to see Vodafone finally getting into the 4G game. Optus and Telstra already there. A very nice little um, little announcement and uh, long long coming for a Vodafone customers who, as you say, uh, have been pretty loyal over the last little, year, little few years if you've been with them that long. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now I know you and I. Uh, well, I think we've got plenty of experience uh, setting up bar tabs, haven't we? Uh, the two, the two non-drinking blokes talking tech. Uh, well, there's a new a new app that's come out. Well, traditionally with, with with a bar tab, let me just explain. A lot of people just put their credit card behind the bar, and then whenever they order drinks or food or whatever, that's just charged to that card throughout the night. Yep. Uh, so that that that's been going on for quite a long time. Well, there's a, a new app out called Clip, and that's short for Money Clip. C-L-I-double-P, though. And this is an app that helps you run that same bar tab, set up that bar tab with a registered credit card, uh, and and then you can you can run run the tab and pay for it all through your smartphone. So mm. you don't ever have to produce a credit card because it's already registered to the service. The venues are also registered through their point of sale system. So you do a, a search for the premises. Say you're at the we did a thing a test of the system at the White Horse in Surrey Hills. Yep. We we clicked on the venue. Venue came up on the on the app. Set up a tab. Gave you a unique customer number. Showed that to the person behind the bar. Our tab was set up. So. Uh, a, a really uh, the, the the 21st century way of setting up the bar tab. Best news of all, though, uh, at the end of the night, and traditionally you'd have to wait there to get your credit card back, sign off your receipt, and you know if and that's if you remember to get your credit card. You have a few too many drinks and head off home. You've left your credit card behind. But the best thing with Clip is that once you're finished, you're ready to go home. You don't even have to go to the bar. You just hit close tab on the app and you leave, hmm. and it automatically charges your credit card. Uh, and you get sent a receipt uh, by email. So if you are uh, setting up a tab, Clip is the way to do it. And uh, only it available at uh, selected participants, obviously, because the, but the actual... Growing. Yes, it's yeah. just started. I you think just it's need around to 70 premises. And the, the but key... it's uh, potentially got like a seven... I've interviewed uh, Greg Taylor, the co-founder of the company, on my story on Tech Guide, and he was saying that a lot of, initially when they approached the uh, point-of-sale companies, because they're companies that set up the different systems in the various pubs and restaurants... Yeah. There was one company that was really interested. They're the ones that they partnered with straight away. A lot of other point-of-sale companies said, no, too busy, not interested. It's funny that those companies that were too busy and not interested are now approaching Clip to be included. So there's potential for 7,000 venues across Australia to be included in the Clip system. I hope they're starting to take their Clip then because they're coming to them. All right, you can read more about that at uh, Stephen's story on his uh, website, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, what about this? Desktop and laptop PC sales are set to drop by 7.6% this year as we uh, make the shift to tablets and smartphones, according to techguide.com.au, which is where I'm reading that. Um, this all comes from research company Gartner. Now, mate, this is, I mean, this is, I guess, not unexpected, but it really is interesting that we are... And I was thinking about this um, on the radio, talking to people, and, you know, a lot of, frankly, the the 
elderly market are just saying, what tablet should I get now? Because they don't need the whole computer situation going on. So I actually think that's probably where a huge huge part of this uh, decline slash growth for tablets is happening. It's pretty unbelievable stats, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Well, while, while people are sort of making that decision, do I – because a lot of people, you've got to remember, have got both at the moment. They've got a desktop, they've got a laptop and a tablet. Mm. So when it comes time, then, look, do I need to renew the, the desktop? Do I need another laptop? And tablets are improving you know, month to month. Uh, so a lot of people, it's, it's no surprise to see that smartphones and tablets have exploded. They've, I think, had a growth this year. They're going to have a growth of about 60, more than 68%, whereas the PC is going to drop by 76 So it's, it's pretty obvious why people are, are leaning towards the tablet more than the laptop. And as you said, I think it comes from the – you mentioned the elderly market. also comes from the entry-level market. So very first laptop people want to buy, they, they only buy it for simple things like email browsing, that sort of thing, word mm. processing. That could all be done quite easily on a tablet. So they're, they're thinking, well, they, they, it's easy, cheaper, easier to use. If they need a keyboard, they can always connect one wirelessly. So they've got all the options there. So it's no wonder they're slumping. And the figures that I've included on the story are predictions all the way out to 2017. Some very interesting figure predictions there, not only for the PC but for the tablet and the mobile. Uh, and they also uh, there's also another table on my story looking at the operating system, which, uh, no surprise, Android is taking the lead there. All right, you can read more about that, as Stephen says, at techguide.com.au. Now, we're running out of time, so um, we'll jump straight into Stephen's minute review, but I'll tell you about a story we might talk about a little bit more next week, but if you want to see it now, jump on to techguide.com.au. Where is the NAV um, app has some great new voices available, some sports commentators, and the great Billy Birmingham. So well worth a read quickly at techguide.com.au. The Where Is app has been updated with some great new voices, mate. But um, the the minute review this week is uh, is for the cyclist. Absolutely, yes. If uh, if you're into your cycling, uh, the Magellan, which is a company we know, well-known uh, GPS company, have released their first range of dedicated cycling computers. It's called they're the Cyclo range. No surprise on the name there. But the beauty of these devices, they include GPS, so they don't just rely on a sensor on your on your wheels to actually work out your speed. They actually use GPS to not only work out your speed but also your location. So and it obviously takes into account your time, speed, distance, altitude, cadence, even calories burned. And but because it's got GPS in the system, you can do things like backtracking. There's a backtrack function so readers can find their way back along a path that they've travelled and not and not get lost. Uh, there's also on the top end model a heart rate sensor as well. They start at 149 for the Cyclo 100. Cyclo 105 is 179. The Cyclo 105 HC, which is with the heart monitor, 279. They can be mounted in portrait or landscape mode and display up to six different bits of information while you're riding. If you're a cyclist and you're serious about it, you can also capture the data, upload it to various sites like Map My Ride and Magellan's own uh, Magellan Active site as well and share it with all your friends. Lovely. And you can read more about that at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And that's a wrap. Uh, great talking NBN. Always good to have a little... little Trying to explain this bloody stuff because it is ridiculously complex. A lot of the time there's far too much political talk and not the tech talk. So it's a balance for you. We'd love to hear what you think. You can get in touch with us on our respective websites, techguide.com.au for Stephen, yourtechlife.com for me. And uh, you can go to twoblokestalkingtech.com and like us on Facebook where you'll get each episode each and every week. Uh, but you're probably also getting it through iTunes. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading Stephen's podcast, Tech Guide. 
uh, podcast is available at techguide.com.au. Mine is at yourtechlife.com, Stephen, which we'll talk to you next week. Yes, you sure, certainly will. That was a great episode and hope the listeners uh, got both sides of the story there with the NBN and we sort of educated them a little bit as well. Couldn't agree more. Thanks for listening. 